All right, this is episode 17 of the Ideas Into Action podcast. I'm your host, Hamza Khan, and our producer is Kwaku Ajimong, a.k.a. Kwaku On Air, a.k.a. proud member of the FBMA. Now, I can't tell you what that is. You just have to follow him on Instagram, and honestly, if you haven't already done that, guys, it's episode 17. You should have followed him by now. He's at Kwaku On Air, and check out his recent post with the bomb-ass black fur jacket. Our guest today is Daniel Breeze, a.k.a. Bradley Cooper's lookalike stunt double, Stand-In. Daniel Breeze is the finance manager of, I'm going to say this as correctly as I can, Caudalie Canada and the founder of Measured Growth CPA in partnership with the Codex Partners, an accounting technology firm. In his early years, Daniel had a strong passion for music and arts, and until the age of 20, he competed and performed professionally in ballroom dance. After that, he took on guitar and singing lessons and continues to put on live performances in his spare time. After graduating from the Schulich School of Business, Daniel felt lost, and as most people do, he was unsure of what his next step should be. It was at this point that he found a strong passion for fitness, nutrition, and psychology. This led to a huge transformation not only for the body, but also for the mind. And after completing his CPACA requirements, Daniel co-founded ImpactX Toronto, a live interview series for a community of young, entrepreneurially-minded individuals. It was this passion for entrepreneurship that led Daniel down a path to pursue his own accounting practice to help impact-driven businesses succeed. In this conversation, we talked about pushing through slumps, starting a business, and getting inspired. We also talked about adherence to the process, nutrition and supplements, and productivity systems in general, and in detail. It was a gem-filled conversation that gave me the inspiration to get back into some good habits that got me here in the first place. One small issue though, Kwaku and I are testing out a new studio setup, and so on both the audio and video, there's just a few glitches, little lapses, little awkwardness here and there, nothing too distracting, but wanted to give you all a heads up so that you weren't caught off guard. These are just growing pains, so please bear with us. Friends, without further ado, give it up for Daniel Breeze. Awesome. Daniel Breeze. I <laughs> Dude, I'm empty-handed. And the listeners and the viewers of this podcast know that we begin every episode by presenting our guests with gifts, and I do not have a gift for you today. That's okay. Can I explain what happened? Definitely. Um, this was a lesson in patience, a lesson in anger, a lesson in Murphy's Law, and just accepting that the universe has its way with you sometimes. Uh, I usually procure the gift a week or two weeks in advance, so we do a deep dive into everything there is to know about you. We go through every website, every possible piece of media that we can scour in the time that we have in the advance in, in advance leading up to the podcast in this case i caught a stomach bug on monday and uh it was particularly nasty dude and it uh wiped me out for i think a good 48 to nearly 72 hours so i was incapacitated for that time and when i recovered i was scrambling to then do the research the leftover research that i had and then find a gift for you when i finally found the right gift for you i ordered it and I used Amazon Prime, shout out to Amazon Prime, to ensure that it would be here on Saturday. So anyways, I ordered it. I have the peace of mind knowing that it's with my concierge on Saturday. Sunday rolls around today, and I have about an hour and a half to get here, to procure that gift, show up, chill with Kwaku, talk to Daniel in the new... Oh, by the way, we're in a new space, right? So if you're watching this on YouTube, viewers, you know that uh, the digs look a little different, and I'll explain what's happening later. But long story short, I go to the concierge. The concierge says, well, I signed for your gift. I signed for the package that came in, but uh, I don't know where the box is. And so here I am thinking to myself, well, you had one job, man. Just take this box and put it in a safe place. Dude, we searched high and low. We tore up the entire place. I felt bad because I was rummaging through other people's packages. 
And I was like, oh, you live here, you live here, right? Um, But long story short, it got to the point where I started looking at security footage to find out what exactly happened. So him and I were scouring through security footage. We were going through minutes at a time, (laughs) looking to see what happened with the package. It's there on the desk, and then there's about a five minute gap, and then it's no longer on the desk. And so I was finding myself angry. And it takes a lot for me to get angry, mm-hmm. dude. My fists were clenched. My shoulders were tightened. Wow. My jaw was tightened. I was like, oh, I can't believe it. Yeah, I'm going to show up empty-handed to give Daniel Breeze his gift. And here I stand before you, sir, uh, empty-handed again. And what was worse is that I showed up late to this recording because by the time I got into the Uber to get here, it turns out that there was a parade happening right. on Lakeshore that clogged up all of downtown. So uh, I'm... I am flabbergasted, I am vexed, and I am embarrassed. It's a weird combination of emotions. All of that's to say, my friend, is that the gift that I would have given you, and I have to tell you what it is because the next question will flow from it. The uh-huh. gift that I would have given you, sir, is a little doll, not even a doll, a Funko Pop vinyl, a little mini fun figurine of somebody that we both admire, that you admire especially, Mr. Ed Sheeran. Oh my God. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I was going to hook you up with a Funko Pop of Ed Sheeran, I'm man. I'm surprised that you know that. Of course, man. You have done a great job of letting the world know yeah. that you are a fan of Mr. Sheeran. Oh, very much so, yeah. Uh, sure. He, like you, went and took guitar and singing lessons. Mm-hmm. What convinced you to go down that path and pursue guitar and singing lessons? Man, that's a great place to start, actually. Um, when I was a kid, my I was always musically inclined. And um, I listened to a lot of music as a child on repeat. Like I would listen to the same songs, sing them. Then I started playing piano. And I also started professionally dancing. Well, not professionally at the time, uh, ballroom dancing. And I did that when I was about 10 years old. And piano got a little bit boring for me. So I decided that I wanted to transition to guitar. Mm -hmm. So then I started playing classical guitar. I had a teacher. And for a couple of years, he was teaching me a lot of theory, um, a lot of finger style playing, and I was playing a lot of classical music. So think like Mozart, screen sleeves, that oh, kind yeah, of stuff. Oh okay. yeah, okay. Studying the greats, um, man. Yeah. So and Spanish music and stuff like that. But uh, when you become a teenager, classical music isn't really no. things, <laughs> things that you want to be playing. So I ended up putting it down for a long time, and I wouldn't play much. Awesome. Uh, Daniel, I'm sorry about that uh, little technical difficulty good. over there, but we'll get right back into it. So you mentioned that you were immersed in the study of classical music, of ballroom dancing, mm-hmm. of singing, of various instruments. Well, I wasn't actually singing yet. Oh, you weren't singing no, yet? Okay, no. very interesting. Um, yeah, so I was, I was picking up uh, guitar and I was learning classical music, these Spanish songs, fingerstyle guitar. Uh, I was learning, like, if I had a guitar, I'd show you, like, all the kind of Spanish, like, fast uh, fingerstyle. And um, eventually I put it down because it wasn't that interesting. Um, it's not like something you would play at a party or at a cottage or something like that. So for, all, for a long time, I didn't play guitar, but I was still continuing the ballroom dancing. Um, when I got out of high school and I went to university, it was a pretty dark time in my life. Um, there were a few different things that happened simultaneously. Uh, I wasn't enjoying what I was doing in university, and I had a bad breakup from a toxic relationship. And then Ed Sheeran, I started hearing his music, and there was one song in particular that I heard. Um, it was called You Need Me, I Don't Need You, which is, it, there was a live version that he did with a loop pedal, and he's rapping in there, he's singing in yeah. there. And it was super uplifting. To this day, it's like my favorite song. Um, so I, I got really inspired to learn how to play 
that song. So I learned how to play it quickly. But then he also used the loop pedal, which I wanted to learn as well. So right. I went to Cosmo Music Store, picked up a, or tried it out for the first time, tried out the loop pedal, brought it home, uh, played on it like all night. Like I was just playing to the late hours in the morning. Um, and then I, I wanted to go to an open mic night uh, just to check out what, what it was like. So I went and luckily there was a woman who could, I didn't bring my guitar or anything, uh, but I was kind of just jamming with the music. Along, yeah. and there was a woman who was running the event who, her name was Steffi, shout out to Steffi. Shout out to Steffi. Um, so she's like, do you want to play? And I, I don't know how she could even tell that I knew how to play. Uh, I was nervous, but she got me out. I played a few songs, the crowd liked it and that definitely inspired me to do it more. So for the next couple of years, I was just practicing, I kept playing. It was my outlet from everything else started taking some vocal lessons and then kept going out to more open mics and, and then got to the point where people started asking me to perform, do some shows, some paid gigs, which was a lot of fun actually. And yeah, now it's still my outlet. Haven't been doing it as much lately, that's for sure, but it's still something that- I, I love it, buddy. Doing. Like all throughout Instagram, you have several videos where you're doing various Ed Sheeran covers. And what's amazing about your covers is that you're not trying to emulate Ed Sheeran. Like you're following the same melodies, you're, follow, you know, you're hitting the same notes, but you have your own unique voice. You're not mm -hmm. trying to sound like Ed Sheeran. You're just being Daniel Breeze, who's doing an Ed Sheeran song. Mm. Uh, dude, I didn't know that was something that you did. Like based yeah. on that first interaction that we had, at Impact X Toronto and then following you online. It wasn't until I started seeing these come up from time to time where I was like, whoa, here's this guy who I've just sort of seen as a professional development, a personal development uh, expert, an evangelist, a community organizer and uh, uh, you know energizer, an accountant, a founder who also has this wildly talented artistic side, yeah, man. Yeah, I was super sure. impressed, man. I've never been able to really reconcile and figure out a way that I can put all of those together. Yeah. And I wish I could, maybe one day I will, but uh, yeah, it's definitely something. It I seems like it's two sides of the brain though that you're exercising, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Like from day on your day-to-day -day work as an accountant, as a founder, you're exercising, I think it's the right hemisphere, I'm not sure, mm -hmm. but then which one is responsible for creativity? I can't remember, I man. Know. I, know I keep on getting them wrong all the time, the man. One. Yeah, I know Adil's <laughs> listening to this right now being like, it's the left, it's the left, <laughs> Um But all of that's to say, there's something about Ed Sheeran that I find really fascinating. So you mentioned the loop pedal, right? Mm -hmm. Is that exactly what it sounds like? It's that uh, device that he has so where he records some sounds and then puts it on loop for a while? So it records the sound, so you can, let's say you play a drum beat. Yeah, and it records it and then it plays it back and then you add another layer oh. and another layer and another layer and it could be with an instrument it could be with a series of instruments it could be with your mic so the way that he does it and the way that I picked up on how to do it is I'll use my mic to do the percussion and the drumming and uh, then I'd make the melody with my guitar add some chords add yeah. make it bigger bigger then add some voice some harmonies on top of it and then I have this entire band and <laughs> a one man band yeah dude. pretty much and, and then you can take certain sections out so the loop that loop pedal that I have has three different uh, recordings that you can have simultaneously so you can have one loop as the percussion one loop as the harmony one loop as something else and you take them out throughout the song so in the chorus you'll bring it back in take it back out during the verse that's amazing yeah, it's a lot of fun. what a time to be alive yeah. is this a modern invention like has been around for a long time. No, I think it's probably been around for over 10 years now. For but over 10 they've years. They've been getting better for sure. Damn, dude. I remember watching, I think it was the MTV performance that Ed Sheeran did. I'm pretty sure it was MTV. That mm -hmm. happened a couple of years ago where it was just him on stage using that. I didn't yeah. know it was called loop pedal. Yeah. Yeah. And my jaw just dropped. I'm like, who is this guy, mm -hmm. man? Wildly talented. Just fabricated a song out of thin air seemingly. Yeah. And he Man. had to develop a custom one because the ones that they have that are like sold to anyone 
um, they won't support the sounds in stadiums. So he right. needs to develop like a really good custom one. He is ridiculously talented. Mm-hmm. I didn't quite get on the Ed Sheeran train in the beginning. I was like, who is this weird mm-hmm. ginger kid yeah, yeah, yeah. that's just, you know, strumming, strumming on the guitar and he's got an okay voice. And then I saw him on The Breakfast Club doing an interview and I was like, okay, this guy's legit. Yeah. He's a real, one of my favorite interviews till date. And now I've got nothing but respect for him. And I think the thing he does really well, dude, is he puts his soul into what he does. Mm-hmm. Like he's just there expressing himself in the most honest way possible. Like that's Ed Sheeran when he's on the mic, whether he's, you know, performing in a music video on stage in a small club, like that is just him, his his life force just emitting itself through the airwaves. Yeah. And I love it, man. Speaking of soul, man, there was a time in your life so you studied at the Schulich School of Business, very yes. prestigious school. You were in their accounting program and uh it sounds like from what I've read that your soul just got sucked out by that program. What exactly happened, man? Because I feel like most people who go through Schulich and are in such a specialized program, they know what's next. They have their trajectory lined out. But here you were staring at the future thinking, I don't know. For me, the way that I got into it was I didn't know what I wanted to do. So um, when I was in high school, I don't remember exactly how all of this happened, but I remember my parents sat me down at some point, probably around grade 11, and asked me, what do you want to do? And I said, I don't know. Um, (laughs) And they kind of tried to guide me. Like, I love my parents. They always want the best for me. They care a lot about me. So they they had the best intentions. They wanted me to be, uh, they didn't want me to struggle, right? Right. So they wanted the best for me. And they sat me down, asked me what I wanted to do. I had no idea. They thought, okay, well, you you dance competitively. You could be a dancer, but like realistically, that's not gonna be a good life. Right. Little did I understand back then that a good life is different for everyone. Uh, but I agreed with them at the time and they said, well, you're good at math. It seems to come as easy to you. Maybe you should try becoming a CPA. Schulich's a good school. You should do that. I listened. I'm like, okay, I got my shit together. I got good grades in grade 11 and 12. High school was a blast for me. I really enjoyed it. Um, we, I went to a smaller private school and all of us were really close friends like that's how i felt i felt mm-hmm. like there wasn't any tension like everybody just was close you're part I of the had, community you're yeah right. i had parties i was dating girl at the time um i was also really close with my friends at dance and we all kind of got a group yeah. so it I seems felt, like there was a lot of order things yeah. started to make sense things were making sense yeah back then. so then after high school ended uh, I got into Schulich and I started a lot of my friends from high school went in one direction. I, we lost touch. Um, I stopped dancing as well. So I lost touch with those people and mm-hmm. it felt like I was doing something that I was thrown into but wasn't my decision. I didn't choose it. And I lost all meaning for what I wanted to do. I lost me- meaning in my life and didn't know what I wanted to do. And it felt like my best days were behind me. So huh. that, that's how I felt. I felt like there was nothing to look forward to. Uh, at the same time, I was dating a girl who was very um, goal-oriented. So she was a dancer still, and um, I won't mention her name. <laughs> she, was, she was very strong-willed, she, and she wanted the same for me, but because I wasn't goal-oriented at the time, I was lost. It was hard for us to be together like we we had completely yeah you were on different wavelengths yeah yeah, all together so inevitably it ended and i felt even more lost because like at some point if you don't have anything for yourself you get tied into the person that you're with like you can attach all your meaning exactly yeah when that when that uh, when you lose that you're just lost um that's when I found it, Sheeran. And now I'm trying to remember what the original You know, it's interesting. Was. I And, and <laughs> this is good. Let's keep on going down this path a little bit, right? So 
you know, I've been thinking a lot about slumps recently. Like mm -hmm. when people go through slumps, the expectation is that, you know, you pick yourself back up and within a day, you should be good to go. Within an hour, you just read the right book, you read the right motivational quote, you hear the right kind of, you know, uh, uh, inspirational podcast and boom, you're good to go again. But I've been through slumps that have lasted sometimes months, mm -hmm. sometimes years, mm -hmm. man. And so you're in this relationship and even though you have proximity to this person that you're dating who is so goal oriented, yeah didn't matter yeah. because when you're going through it, you have, that's a, that's a journey that you have to take yourself, yeah. man. How did you eventually come out of that slump? So eventually I started after a few years of not dancing, not doing anything. I got out of shape mm. and I wasn't happy. It's hard to shape. believe. I can't picture an out of shape, Daniel, man. <laughs> yeah. You've always been just chiseled picture. Perfect. No, Daniel, I've got man. a transformation picture on Instagram. I got to see this dude. See okay. <laughs> How did I miss this in the scroll? Cause I went all the way back down to the first picture you did on Instagram. <laughs> Somehow I missed that. So, um, so I started working out and a friend of mine, we uh, both decided that we were going to take the gym seriously, go five times a week. We were going to run from my house to the gym and run back. Yeah. Um, Basically, you don't, you don't have to be on the treadmill then. Yeah, just no, just no, skip no. your so, warm ups. Yeah, that's we, it right there. Cardio. We went Love to it. the gym. We lifted. We didn't really have a plan. We, <laughs> we kind of just ran. We had a little bet with each other that every time somebody misses, they have to put $5 in the pot. Um, so we would run there, we'd work out until we got tired, honestly, until we got lazy. <laughs> yeah. And then we would run back yeah. and um, I was trying to eat healthy. But the truth is I was doing that for maybe a month and I saw absolutely no change. Uh, I was getting bigger. I was getting fatter. Mm -hmm. It wasn't changing mm -hmm. anything. So that's when I realized, okay, I need to look at what I actually need to do. Right. Like, what am I doing wrong? And when you start investing into something, you tend to... I guess it's the law of attraction. You start focusing on it and seeing other things. So like YouTube starts posting advertisements <laughs> yeah. towards me, right? It knows what, what I'm doing. It's scary, man. Sometimes I feel like YouTube knows more about yeah. us than we know about ourselves. Man. I think my phone's listening to me all the time. All the time. Yeah. Absolutely is, dude. This is well documented, <laughs> yeah. man. Yeah. So um, so I get this ad from a guy called uh, Grego Gallagher. Grego Gallagher. He's okay. actually from Toronto. He runs a company called Kino Body. So the ad was... Sorry, is it Quinoa Body or Kino? I was like, damn, man, quinoa body sounds unhealthy, yeah. man. <laughs> okay, quinoa body. body. All right. And um, in the in the video, he was talking about how he just woke up. He had like twelve slices of pizza last night, and he feels super bloated. But he's shirtless, and he has rock solid abs. Wow. And I'm like, I love having twelve slices of pizza at night. I yeah. want to do that and also have abs. And look like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, there's no way that this is possible. So I started looking at it, and I'm reading the reviews, and everybody saying that in the beginning they thought that this was impossible, but it worked. So I'm like, okay, what's the harm? Let me try this. Sounds good. So I, uh, it was a $40 program. It was just a PDF. You can use it for life. So I started um, reading through it, tried the workouts. And the, the secret to why that worked was because it was very easy to stick to. So there were very fundamental basic things that you needed to do uh, in order to get into shape. One of them was to track your calories. Okay. Uh, track your calories and your macros. So you download an app called MyFitnessPal and you start tracking. Mm -hmm. I've heard a lot yeah. about that. Yeah, a lot of people use that. And then the other thing was the workouts that he had you doing were very simple um, and short. So you didn't. You only needed to be in the gym three times a week and it felt easier than what I was doing with my friend. Right. And it seemed way too easy, but I stuck it out. And I don't know why I stuck it out. It was almost like, for it was just fortunate that I had blind faith in mm -hmm. the program to do it. Three months later, I have abs. And I'm like, this is amazing. Whoa, okay. Yeah. All the listeners right now are just downloading <laughs> this program, man. This is great. Honestly, like for anybody that doesn't believe me, go to my Instagram at Daniel Breeze and they'll see like there's a transformation picture. I was very hesitant to post that. 
Um, but I posted it and it ended up getting featured on Kino Buddies Instagram. Oh, good for you, man. Like there's a fine line between like just gregariously showing off your abs and then like acknowledging that there was a long process into building the abs and be gr being grateful for it yeah. and letting people know that you too can do this. And I think that you do the latter for sure. Yeah. So bringing it back to how that got me out of my slump, um, it was the first time I think in my life that I did something bl with blind faith consistently. Yes. Consistency, consistency was the key. key yeah. Um, and it led to a result. And once that happened, once I transformed my body, I felt like now I can transform other things. Mm -hmm. And by, so I ended up looking at these programs because I was, I was looking at things like how to do the workouts with proper form or whatever other workout advice, like how to keep your calories in a more, uh, in a better way that will keep you satisfied. I stumbled on somebody else who was also marketing Kino Body in Romania. It was a guy called Radu, uh, Ra Radu Antonio. So shout out to Radu. Shout Antonio. out to Radu, man. He's I know a few Radus, man. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. He's doing really cool things now. So uh, he was talking about workouts. Then he started talking about personal development. Ah. And it, that was the first time that I kind of acknowledged that personal development was a thing. Right. Uh, he was talking about this guy na named Bob Proctor. I don't know if you've heard of Bob Proctor. I've heard about him. I yeah. don't know much about him, though. He's super old. He's been doing this personal development thing, like super old. He's like 80-something. Yeah. He's still going hard. OG. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, so I started listening to that. It taught me about um, the power of transforming your subconscious mind. So he had this little diagram of uh, this is your consciousness, this is your brain, this is your body, and how you can change your habits. Mm -hmm. to, and it was things like the law of attraction as well. So he had this thing called a goal card and every day you needed to you read the goal card that you set out mm -hmm. yourself. And yeah, it ended up changing a lot, so. And then you eventually rewired yourself. Yep. Like you rewired the way that you thought, rewired the way that you felt, rewired everything about Daniel Brees to now create this perfected version or at least close to perfect version. Cause I know that you always feel like you're a work in progress. Yeah. But 100%. when you look back now at that Daniel, that was staring out into the void at the end of his four years or four years, five years in Shulik, four years, yeah. four years, well, four years in Shulik, but then another two to three years of getting all of the hours that I needed for the CPA, the, right? Writing yeah. The exams, yeah. So you were in school for technically almost six, six yeah. years, right? Mm -hmm. So looking back now, there's been some time that has elapsed since you left. What do you make of that person? Who was that Daniel that was just terrified of the future? I mean, he was someone who blamed other people and didn't realize that he had control over his own reality. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So I was failing exams and this is outside after I had already graduated from Schulich and I was writing. So the process to actually get your CPA after university is also pretty hectic. There's four exams that you have to write before. So there's two exams that everybody has to write. Um, let me back up a little bit. So yeah, no, that makes C sense. CPA is something, it's a new term. It used to be three different designations. There was chartered accountant. CA. CA. There was CMA, which was a chief managerial accountant, okay. or a charter managerial accountant. And there was a CGA, which is a chartered or general, general accountant. accountant okay, right? gotcha. So there were yeah, yeah. three different designations. And the chartered accountant was the only one that was publicly licensed to be able to audit financial statements and sign off on them. Mm -hmm. So at the time, I, uh, my parents had told me that CA was the way to go, so that's what I was pursuing. At, at the point when I graduated university, all of that got consolidated into one. So C CPA uh, was CMAs, CGAs, and CAs. Everybody was going to hold the same title, but 
much like doctors, you can be a doctor who is a neurosurgeon or a doctor who does, I don't know, a pediatrician or whatever, sure, right? Yeah. You're still a doctor. So they wanted to have one title, so it was less confusing. But mm -hmm. you could still specialize in audit or specialize in operations right. or management or whatever it is. So the first two exams in this process, everybody has to write. Then the next two exams, you specialize. So okay. depending on what you want to do, if you want to do tax, you'll take tax, if you want to audit, you'll take audit. And uh, after you finish those four, you have to do a group project. So it's this two month pro uh, project that you do. You have to submit a uh, report at the end and do a presentation in front of a panel of judges. Then assuming that you pass that, there's another series of case uh, exams that you have to submit. And then once you pass that, there's a final three day exam. Wow. So it's a pretty hefty process. It's arduous, yeah. yeah. And in the beginning of it, I had failed, specifically core two, I failed twice. Oh shit. And it was, like I was ready to give up on it. I was like, why am I doing this? I keep making the same mistake. I keep studying accounting and I never wanted to do it in the first place. Uh, and what I realized was I was blaming others and not taking responsibility for the fact that I was failing. And then I came across at that point, uh, a book called Mindset mm -hmm. and Impact Theory. It was on right. the reading list and it changed my life. It Mindset. Yeah. Okay. Completely changed the and way who's that the I, author of Mindset? Uh, Carol Dweck. Carol Dweck. Okay. It's the, it's my favorite book. It's definitely the most wow. important book I think anybody can read. It teaches you how to learn. Right? Very important, man. Yeah. So where I was always valuing myself for already knowing things, and every time I would fail an exam, I'd be, I'd feel badly about myself. After I read Mindset, every time I failed something or didn't know something, it got me excited because now I know what I can learn. Yes. And that shift so changed key. everything. So key. Yeah. Wow. Man, that's uh, you touched on a lot over there, man. I don't even know which sort of branch to explore down. Mm -hmm. Let's keep on going down with just mindset and not knowing what you don't know. And it only is after you engage in some sort of activity and then fall short that you realize what the threshold is. So now here you are at this particular point in your life and where are you failing? Well, may, let me rephrase that because I feel like you're, you're not failing at anything right now. You're doing everything well, but where are you finding resistance at this point, at this point in your life? Like what kind of resistance are you experiencing um, and where are you realizing that there's opportunity for growth? Yeah, for sure. So uh, like I, we were talking about before we started the show, this new entrepreneurial venture that I started measure growth CPA, mm -hmm. never done anything like it before. I've never really taken on. This is company number one. Yeah, yeah, okay. it really is. So for the first time, I'm trying to do something nobody else is pushing me to do it. I have to figure things out on my own. And the technical side of the accounting, I've got down. Uh, so, but I've never learned sales. I've never learned marketing. So I'm seeing that I need to learn all of these new things. Mm -hmm. Just because there's, I think you said it on one of your podcasts. Actually, there's two sides to any business. One is marketing, and one is innovation. Innovation, yeah, yeah exactly. Innovation is actually making the product better. Exactly, or, and, and that's then, exactly what you already have down pat, right? Exactly, yeah. and then marketing is bringing that to the customer, which exactly. is something that I've never focused on. It's so tough, man. And I had to have the opposite journey, right? Mm -hmm. So I've always been a marketing professional, and when I started my company, I had to learn the innovation side, which was a really interesting yeah. journey. So now here you are and you've built this. How long has it been that this has been in existence, this product? This company? This company. Three months. Three yeah. months. So it's a baby. Yeah. It's a newborn, yeah. man. It's still like wailing and waking up in the middle of the night, right? Yeah. And when I say waking up in the middle of the night, that means that you're lying in bed obsessing over this company, mm -hmm. thinking about it, right? So where are you seeing that growth could happen? Like who has done this model successfully? Is there somebody that you're emulating, somebody out there who you're following and saying, my company can be that? There were a few companies while I was still working at an accounting firm that I wanted to work for just because they, so part of what I want to do is have a company that's fully remote. Okay. You don't have to be here. So exactly. in, in audit, it, it's hard because the traditional uh, audit firm wants you to go out to the clients. They right. want you to be present. 
And there are some companies that ha are now becoming more and more successful. Uh, one was called LiveSea, another one was called, um, I can't remember, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. So I tried to start work for them. I wanted to get some experience there, but with the level that I was at, like I, I actually pursued them, like I was pretty persistent in trying to get an interview. And yeah. they told me that we have no positions, but we'll take a meeting just to like talk if you want some advice. So I talked to them and um, they're, they're doing the remote thing. I wanted to work for them. They didn't have any available positions for the level that I was at. They needed either someone that was fully entry level or someone like up there at the partner level. And right. I wasn't either. So I'm like, okay, maybe I'll try this myself. So my original intention was to start a firm, just like a traditional accounting firm where I would do taxes. I would t take care of the bookkeeping, all that kind of stuff. And then I started working as a finance manager at this company, Codaline. Mm -hmm. And the work that I'm doing there is it's finance, it's HR related, but a lot of it is automating and implementing systems so that everything moves more smoothly. And that's been so much fun. Like I always knew about myself that I liked efficiency, but I didn't realize how much efficiency you could really implement within companies. So my, the, the practice that I'm setting up now, yes, I'm going to want to do the bookkeeping and the tax and all of that kind of stuff, but also I want to implement the automation so that yeah. be because we've, we're living in a time now where you can get with the click of a button access to the relevant, relevant information that you need to make better business decisions. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better. Yeah. yeah. And in the past we could, we didn't have it in the past. You would provide your accountant bookkeeper with information at the end of the month. They would put it all in. Mostly it was done for tax purposes. Um, but you didn't have the data until the end of the year to exactly. reflect. Now it's real time. Like right. You can have that. And I don't, I don't understand why more people aren't doing that. But yeah, that's, that's what I want to help it's with. It's an old way of thinking, man. And I've said this to a couple of my really close friends. I've said that the thing that you need to focus on is not just making more money. It's about making more time. And if you make enough time, then you can start to use that time to then create other ventures and invest and do the things necessary to then make more money. Like mm -hmm. it's a virtuous cycle, yeah. right? Yeah. I love your talk about efficiency and just creating systems and reducing things down to these scalable, repeatable sort of building blocks that you can stack. And hopefully, man, the next time we have this conversation, you might be on a beach in Bali somewhere, yeah, man. Who knows, man? <laughs> How did you find time? I mean, I think you've kind of answered this question, but like walk us through the process of what it was that eventually brought you to Impact X Toronto. Mm -hmm. So like how, how in all of the multitude of things you were working on, did you find the time and the energy and the attention yeah. needed to create this thing? Oh man, I needed this thing. And let's, let's talk, let's talk <laughs> yeah. about like, what is it in the first place? So you and I know what it is, but for the listeners, how would you describe Impact X Toronto? Uh, so it started off as a branch of Tom Bilyeu's Impact Theory mm -hmm. where they wanted to um, okay, I have to give some context to this. So when Impact Theory first started, they were actually part of Quest Nutrition. So they were doing yep. a show called Inside Quest. And then they spun off um, for their own reasons as a brand new show called Impact Theory. I was just like in, just got into the personal development stage. Everyone around me was noticing that I was into the personal development stage. My parents got me this book by Tim Ferriss. Yeah. Uh, Tools of Titans. Tools of Titans, yeah. yeah. Shout out to, yeah. It was great. Um, and... I started diving deep into Tim Ferriss. I was really interested in him. He was on Impact Theory, they yep. interviewed him, Tom. and that's how I came across that. And I loved the interview. I looked at the other interviews that Tom was doing. It, they were all amazing. I was just, I, it resonated with everything. And I ended up joining a Facebook group that they had and just got super involved in the Facebook group, talking to other people in the community and asking a lot of questions because uh, Tom Billiard did a lot of AMAs, so mm -hmm. ask me anything. So my name kept coming up, kept coming up to the point where he would recognize the name or right. he would be like, shout out to Daniel Priest, yeah, thanks yeah. for asking the question again. 
So then they decided that they wanted to try something different. So they had um, they wanted to have different cities create these little communities. They were calling them impactivists. So uh, all of the followers were impactivists. Gotcha. So the, the name originally was Impactivist X Toronto. And then they uh, sent out a survey to people asking if they would want to be part of the community. One of the questions was, would you want to lead the community? I checked off, yes, I would want to lead the community. And then they set us up with uh, Kelly Foss. So yes, we were shout one out of, to Kelly, yeah. yeah. We were one of uh, five chapters, I think, um, up to five for sure, that were doing, were doing this. And they didn't really... Um, give us any direction. They just said, see where you can make happen. Yeah. yeah. So we decided to try some stuff. Uh, first, we had guests come to Love Child Social House. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. I don't know if it's still there. I think this is all the way in the East End, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's in where Leslieville. the Hoxton used to be. It's the Bathurst and King. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Sorry. I'm confusing them. Okay. Right yeah. on. I don't know if it's still there anymore. Yeah. I don't know either. Um, so we had this little intimate kind of group setting. And then um, we got introduced to Shopify. So with Abdul. Shout yeah, out shout Abdul. out to Abdul, man. Season um, two, come through, man. So uh, he gave us the space too, and we started bringing up the attendance at the events as well. Uh, but eventually, Impactivist, ex that program got discontinued because the other cities weren't really doing much. Damn. They weren't giving direction. Just you and Kelly were just leading the charge yeah, here, man. exactly. Like, so everybody um, step up. Come on, man. Toronto running circles around you guys. Yeah. And the girl who uh, was running it for Impact Theory, her name was Cindy. She had left the company as well. She was pursuing other things. So without her, they couldn't continue doing this. They didn't have somebody who was going to lead Damn. the process. So we told Impact Theory, we have a good thing going. We want to keep it. Would you like to stay on as a sponsor? And they said yes. So they provided some t-shirts and prizes and stuff like that, which was really cool. So we decided to take it on ourselves. Yeah, that's I love it. And here we are now. And is there a bit of a hiatus? I understand it. Yeah. So Kelly and I both, we had to start focusing on other things. Yeah, and man. We ha haven't been able to make it a priority. It's still something. The website's still there. We're still going to be posting on it. But um, eventually, I'll probably end up taking it online. Okay. Because um, it is something that I really want to do. And I do see that there's going to be synergy between the measured growth stuff that I'm doing and having an event like that. Let's talk afterwards, man, because I feel like, you know, it's so interesting that naturally from that one event, so much has spawned. Right? Mm -hmm. I've met a lot of really interesting, like-minded people, people who have read the book, people who have gotten involved in the ideas into action, Hamza Khan universe a little bit. Nice. And I, it would be... I think it w I would be really sad if, if we didn't go the distance with this because there's something really special with this, this community. So let's talk afterwards about how it is that I can help out, how it is that we can help each other to, to yeah. move that forward. Um, dude, this brings us to an interesting segment of the podcast, the Halo Skull segment. You you were looking a little quizzically when I pulled out the skull out of the box over oh. here. <laughs> Did you play Halo back in the I've, day? I've played it a few times. You've played it a good. few times. Okay, which do you, where, when did you stop? Like Halo 2, Halo 3? I don't know. At one of the Halos. Just the OG guy. Halo, man. <laughs> uh, the reason we bring this out is because we like to just throw a little bit of a curveball to our guests. And what happened in the last two weeks of the podcast is uh, we did the same Halo segment for them. And I found it to be really fun. And there's a reason why it works so well is because uh, we got inspired by Sean Evans from First We Feast, Hot Ones, that show, where he just has these celebrity guests eating really hot wings. What he does is he does a deep dive on their Instagram and pulls out like a really embarrassing or just questionable picture. And he asks the guests to explain it. So what we've done for this episode, because I'm, I'm really enjoying this segment quite a bit. Uh, rather than creating like a custom game for you, what we've done is we've just actually gone back through your Instagram and found a picture that we'd like you to explain. Okay. <laughs> but you can just skip this all together. It's a totally optional segment of the podcast. Yeah, so do you yeah. want to move forward with it? Oh, no, definitely. I want to Fantastic. Move <laughs> and for the listeners and the viewers, if you want to see us go back to the original model and create custom games, like just shoot us a line, message us on Twitter, Instagram, whatever, and uh, we'll go back to that. But in the meantime, dude, 
here we go. And I want to show you a picture that I pulled from your Instagram, man. I have so many questions about this. Oh, shit, we just lost it. Give, give us one second. So, Clock, what we might need to do is just uh, maybe speed up the segment a little bit. And it's all, all good if we don't. Here we go. <laughs> this is a picture of Charlie Sheen. Oh, wow. <laughs> right? This is from 2013. And he says, sometimes in life, you just got to say F you, F it, F off, F the world. I'm just going to show it to the audience right <laughs> I wonder what was going on in 2013. So I'm curious, was Charlie Sheen having his whole scandal back then? Charlie Sheen, he did that, yeah, he did that infamous interview with, I think it was ABC. I'm not sure what he did it with, but this is the one where (laughs) he was being extremely earnest. Mm. They were like, so Charlie, are you on drugs? Like, yeah, I'm on drugs right now. I've only got one speed. Go. (laughs) Tiger blood. Winning. Yeah, fascinating. (laughs) What a time. I can't believe that happened. I was in university for sure. Yeah, Maybe... I'm just guessing. I don't remember why I posted that picture, but I could guess. Maybe I was just thinking, like, I need to stop letting people tell me what to do and figure things out for myself. Maybe that was those early, like, thoughts of where I was going to go to. Yeah. yeah, I don't remember. There's something mildly, so endearing for sure about Charlie Sheen back then. Like, this is definitely not an endorsement of using as many drugs <laughs> as as he used, but uh, there was something kind of refreshing about what he was doing. Like he was just kind of breaking the system a little bit. Like you could just kind of see the code in the matrix with the way he was talking. Mm-hmm. Like you're saying things that we've all felt for a very long time. So way to go, Charlie, yeah, right? Yeah. Well, Interesting. Being unapologetically himself. Un- being unapologetically himself. And um, I think just treating show business with a level of honesty that we had never seen yeah, up until that yeah. point. Like we all kind of suspected that they all did coke, but this was a guy coming out swing being <laughs> yeah. like, I do coke, I do a lot of it. I've got coke on the couch over here. Like, um, it's sad to see what happened since then. I think he's he's got he's got cancer or something. Like I he's, think he's got AIDS. Oh shit. Yeah. Okay, wow. He's open about it. So. Off off by a few diagnoses over mm-hmm. there. Um yeah, he's open about it. And I mean or maybe it's just HIV, right? You don't have to necessarily get AIDS if you have HIV. I'm not sure entirely, but you know, I, I hope I hope uh, I hope he, he he's able to to manage that yeah. and or recover from it altogether if if possible. Um Interesting photo choice, though, man. Yeah. It's just like Charlie Sheen just aggressively looking into the camera, flipping the bird, man. Yeah. Do you still feel that way, man? Definitely not. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fascinating. I guess it's cool to see like how far I've come from there. 2013, man. Yeah. What a strange time, yeah. eh? Dude, we'll help you recover from that quickly, man. I'm sorry that we had to bring that up and put you on the spot over there. <laughs> it's nice to see what I've got on there. I haven't gone through my own Instagram. Dude, I that. love that you haven't even archived that, man. I'm a big, I'm a, I'm very anti-archiving things that you've posted online. Yeah. Like, if it's something that is blatantly offensive, yeah, take it down. You're yeah. not doing anyone a disservice. Well, it's because the times changed so much, right? Like, Kevin Hart had this whole scandal around the Oscars. Exactly. He posted something 10 years ago. Very homophobic, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. at the time probably was totally fine. It was or the like, order of the day. I, I don't know about 10 years ago, though, but it was never okay. There was an interview that I was... It was an impact theory guest. I can't remember who it was, but she was talking about Dick in a Box. Remember that segment on oh, SNL? Oh, shit. What a throwback. Yeah, yeah. and she was saying now... Yeah. Like she said that was hilarious back then, but now if they were to do that, it would oh, get God. so much backlash. So much backlash, yeah. right? Times change, and I think that we can learn and grow from them, and I think that it is good and healthy to go back and audit your online profile to a certain extent. Yeah. I've done that a few times, but what's there right now? I'm like, you know what? It's embarrassing. It's cringeworthy. It's not offensive. I'm going to leave it there because this is kind of like a museum that I like to stroll through at some point and just kind of see who I was and what I was thinking, what I was going through. So thank you for leaving that over there for the enjoyment of the ideas into action listeners and viewers. It's an interesting thing to like (laughs) to think through, though, because 
a lot of people can argue that your social media profile is a representation of how you want other people to perceive you. So when you're going mm -hmm. to a job or when you're applying for jobs, people are going to be looking at stuff like that now. And if you got something on there that you might think like maybe somebody's going to look at it and not consider how much you've grown, but think that that picture is a representation of how you currently are. I think so. And, I, and here's the thing. I have a Leslie D'Souza, one of my mentors and old bosses. Shout out to Leslie, Leslie D. Um, she told me that the the pendulum might swing. And so that way of thinking exists right now. Yeah. But as we phase out the decision makers and people who are in hiring positions out with you and I and Kwaku, I think that we're going to be more sympathetic to this wild, wild west period that we're in with social media where we just documented the fuck out of everything, right? Mm -hmm. Like I didn't even know why I was adding people on Facebook. I just felt like, <laughs> oh shit, I need more, I need more friends. I need more followers, whatever. Mm -hmm. And we just added people. Like I get people that I see on their birthdays that says, wish them a happy birthday. And I'm like, I don't even know you. Like, yeah. why are you on my Facebook? Yeah. But I think that as we get smarter and more intentional with our use about social media, mm -hmm. I think we'll be more forgiving for posts like, you know, uh, yeah. uh, Charlie, Charlie Sheen flipping, flipping the bird, yeah. right? Totally cool, awesome. man. I, I wouldn't be worried about it. Leave it up there, man. That's, that's just a honest evolution of who you like. And I think it's cool to see that once upon a time you were just going through the same kind of exploration of your identity that everyone else was yeah, to yeah. a certain extent, right? Okay, very cool, man. That will, you know, we'll do a complete 180 and now move into the performance point segment. I'm, I've been itching to ask you these questions because I feel like you're somebody who has a very disciplined and thorough and thoughtful approach with how you structure your time, your energy, your yeah. attention. So let's unpack that a little bit. Let's start with talking about time, right? So you've got a lot going on. You've got your career, you've got your startup, your health, your hobbies. How is it that you structure your day? Mm -hmm. Walk us through like a typical day if that's even a thing. It is. Um, in, the, in the life of Daniel Breeze. So first of all, I do understand that I can't be doing everything at the same time. So I kind of try to prioritize my uh, goals into chunks of time. So no, I'm not talking about daily things. I'm talking about right now, up until this point, I needed to focus for the last three months on my full-time job to make sure that I was getting the time back from there. Right. And now my next thing is to put more attention into the business. So I, I do understand the limitations in there. But from a day-to-day thing um there are certain things that i do every day that keep me healthy that keep me productive and they're very um it's, it's pretty strict so my for the first thing in my morning routine is going to bed at a certain time so i go to bed before 10 i have i have a lot of apps that manage my life Talk, break break, really break them break them all down man this so is great what do you have one that i found recently that has been very helpful is an app called coach.me coach.me yeah. okay and it's something that i got from tim ferris um I, th I can't remember what exactly he used it for it was quitting something he said he never would have been able to quit if he didn't use it but that app you create behaviors or habits in there and you check them off and at the end of the month the way that i use it is i'll check it off every day uh, it's very simple to use. You just press a button, say, I did this today. And then at the end of the month, you can actually export it and take a look at how many times you did what you said you were going to do. And I think a lot of times we lie to ourselves about the, how consistent we are. Mm -hmm. And this is a good way to see how, where you're actually, uh, right. what you're actually Stay doing. Stay accountable, basically. So the first thing I do is go to bed before 10 p.m. And then I try to wake up as much as possible without an alarm. So I do set an alarm every day for 6.30. And that's my backup alarm. So, wow, dude, that's your backup alarm. Yeah. What time do you naturally wake up? Like uh, around naturally, four or five? if I'm if I'm good, yeah, around five. Um, I love that. That's sometimes good. I'll wake up like at four thirty, and then I'm like, "Fuck, the gym doesn't open until five thirty, yeah. <laughs> and I don't like <laughs> doing stuff before the gym. It's like yeah. the first thing I want to do. I need that out of my system. Yeah, yeah. So I'll pee. I'll t drink some water. I'll do you I have meditate a, at all. It's, that's after the gym. Oh, okay, yeah. interesting. So like, in the first five minutes of my day. 
I'll take my vitamins, drink my water, weigh myself on the scale, post the story on Instagram, drink and drink a pre-workout. Yeah. Um, and I, have, I love your morning Instagram posts, man. There's thanks, consistent, man. you're consistent with the quotes. You never miss a beat. Yeah. And the interesting thing is I have, there's an app on the iPhone, here's where the apps come yeah. in again, called Shortcuts. I don't know if you, do you guys use iPhone? No, I, was, I have an iPhone, yes, but we, I don't know what Shortcuts is. What's so Shortcuts? It's an app, it uh, will let you click, so you can set it up as, as you wish. For example, one popular shortcut is um, estimated time to get home. So huh. it's a button, right? H how long will it take me to get home? You press that button. It will look up on maps how long it will take to get from where you are oh. to your destination and send a text message to whoever you want to know how long it will take you to get home. Shit. So it does a series of things for you just by pressing a button. In the background. In it the doesn't background. actually open up the apps for you. Sometimes it does. In okay. that case, it doesn't. In but the apps case, never override your screen. No, so the way that I have my morning one set up, it's a series of things that I've set up myself. It will turn on my living room light. It will open up a message, a pre-made message to my girlfriend saying, good morning, beautiful. But then Damn. I can still customize that message. As soon as I hit send, it will then move to the next step. Yo, I hope your girlfriend doesn't know that though, right? No, she knows. Oh, shit, okay. <laughs> but I can customize okay, it yeah. still, which is cool. So then I'll, I'll hit send after I've sent the message. I'll hit send. Yeah. Then it will, um, what's the next thing it does? It'll ask me to log my weight. So it just opens up this little like text box. So it reminds me to step on the scale because I'm tracking yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for my gym progress. So I'll put that in, click OK. The next step is it'll open my notes for where my quotes are, open my Instagram and open my Canva app so I can create the quote and then post it on Instagram. Shit. So all of that's done. Mind blown. Yeah. Okay, this is I'm downloading this right yeah. after the podcast. It's really, man. really convenient. convenient really okay, so automated. we've only made it till five. This is amazing. Keep going, man. So uh, those things I'll do. Then I'll take pre-workout. I know you're a big fan of pre-workout. Dude, too, we, we're the pre-workout yeah. dons here, man. This all It's just coursing through do our veins. Do you ever veins, cycle man. off? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me neither. I feel Dude, like I, I was just talking to my mom about this. I'm like, no, I need to really cycle off, man. I've done some damage to yeah, my yeah, adrenal yeah. glands, bro. I try to, on the weekends, at least keep my caffeine in take lower yeah so that at least i have some sensitivity what to do it. you use man um right now it's something called pulse pulse so okay pulse um are they a new company like no they're not a new company it's just a guy who i follow on youtube that i, that I actually trust he's created his own we're eventually uh, going to need a pre-workout sponsor for this podcast, oh, so yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll hit him up, man. <laughs> well, the one, if you're really looking for one, there's one that I want by Kinobody that they just Yo, released. okay. <laughs> it's really getting ingredients in there, and you don't get the jitters, and you don't yeah. get the crash. Like, it keeps you really stable, which and I've tried it. It's just, it's pretty expensive. So, uh, so you get your pre-workout in the morning. This is the first meal, or first well, yeah, technically yeah. intake other than water, yeah, right? Just okay. caffeine. So caffeine whatever other shit they put yeah, in there yeah, to yeah, be honest yeah. um but yeah i won't so i won't eat in the morning so i'll go to the gym fasted i love working out fasted mm. uh work out and listen to a podcast nice. or a youtube video but it's always something that's that i want to learn gotcha. um and then as i'm working out i'll listen to the podcast once i finish my workout by the way while i'm working out i'm tracking my heart rate with my watch so I'm actually tracking all my activity throughout the day. Every, all of that's happening. And I'm using an app to track my workout as well called Strong. Okay. To, because at the end of the month, I'm going to an analyze how my progress is in specific exercises. Dude, I love it, man. You've got like such an accountant way of looking exactly, at this, man. Yeah. Everything's, everything's accounted for. Fucking love it. Keep going, man. And this then, is exciting. This is a good reminder for the shit that we need to do, yeah. man. So um, after that, I'll meditate um, for five minutes at least. Usually it's five minutes. Yeah. But that's... <laughs> just get impatient. Yeah. Well, I, I have to be at work at night. There we go. Okay. Um, when I don't have to be at work at night. So if I wake up bef with, before my alarm really early, then I'll have plenty of time for everything. And mm -hmm. then I can meditate for longer. 
Uh, after the meditation, I'll go back upstairs. I'll uh, take a shower. At the end of my shower, I do 30 seconds of cold water. Um, and then I'll get ready for work, pack my lunch, and head out. Um, and all of that primes me for the day. I feel like when I get those things right, I feel more focused. Um, the, the metaphor that I always use, it's funny, you, you said something about a home run before too because that's the metaphor that I use. So when I get those things right, when my sleep, my diet, my exercise is all right, life is always going to be throwing these curveballs at you, right? Yeah. From no matter what. If you get those things right, it feels like you're constantly hitting home runs. You're able to get them out of the park every time. Dude. When you don't get them right, you're striking out every single time. Absolutely. And not only that, but like think about it. The first thing that you did in the morning was you just crushed iron. You were just pumping yeah. iron. You were lifting heavy shit. You were subjecting your body through this just monstrous process of ripping and tearing and rebuilding. So how is a boss coming to you and being like, Hey, you're a day late on this assignment. Gonna, th gonna throw you off. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. there's nothing that's going to happen in the day. That's going to be harder than what you experienced before the rest of your peers woke up. Yeah. So from a resilience perspective, like you just walk into your workplace with a coat of armor. You're like, yeah, bring it. This, I'm yeah. just going to fly through this day. No problem whatsoever. Persuade. That's amazing. Okay, so now you're going through work and I'm sure you have a whole bunch of systems that are in play at work to keep you focused to make sure that you maximize your time. But when are you out every day from your workplace? Like, When do you call it a day? When do you say I'm done working for the day? Um, so hours are typically nine to six. Okay. If I'm, it's a good day, I'll get there around eight. I'll be first. That makes me feel super good about myself. Yeah. Um, and then between five and six, I'll be out. But that's, I'm still and they're going to be listening to this probably at some point, but I'm going to just say it anyway. Like, I think there's still something to be said for the flux hours where people are able to, once the job is done, you do not need to be there. No. Um, but unfortunately we do live in a time and I, I, I can see their point too. They want people to be there at the same time. Right. Because it is more efficient that way. Like yeah. if you want to ask a question, they'll be there's there. overlap. But yeah. my counter argument to that would be like, Hey, if you depend on somebody to be there in the office to ask them a question, the urgency of that question suggests that maybe you've structured your day incorrectly mm -hmm. and that the need to ask a person a question means that you didn't adequately plan that particular project. Yeah. Yeah. But again, that's me speaking about the world of marketing communications could be totally different when it comes yeah. to accounting, right? Yeah, so I, I'm justifying, I think, a little bit, but the truth is that problem is a me problem and it makes me realize the way that I want to structure my life. So right. I know that I want the freedom to be able to move around and work from anywhere. And we have the ability to do that using modern tools. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's when I'll call it a day, usually around six. And then you go home and what does the, the come down ritual look like? What does a routine look like so, to get to bed by 10 o'clock and yeah. fall into deep sleep? Uh, so I have two other things, habits that I track on my phone on, on that same coach app. So one of them is I need to read or, or listen to an audiobook for at least 30 minutes a day. I'd listen at two times the speed. So whatever, call it an hour, mm. uh, but for 30 minutes a day. So if I didn't have a, t a chance to do that in the morning, it'll be after work for sure. Uh, but that's that's happening come hell or high water. Another thing I have to do is at least 30 minutes work on my business per day. So right. come hell or high water, I'm doing that as well. Usually ends up being more than that. Um, so I've structured my life in a way where I'm close to work, which is great. Um, so it only takes me about 20 minutes to get home on the subway from work. And then I sometimes will have a one-on-one um, -on -one meeting with Acodex. Right. So it'll be over camera. At the same time, I'll be cre creating my dinner, <laughs> which I resent the most. Yeah, it's it just like seems the like the biggest I time suck, right? Oh yeah. It just feels like it's time that, I'm, that isn't being used, that's going to create something in the future. It just feels like... Uh, it's just an unnecessary thing yeah. to do, man. 
But when you weigh the options against doing that or ordering in every night, there is a accumulated deficit that happens when you order in every night. Um, And now what I'm going to be trying starting today actually is prepping all of the serving sizes into individual things so that when I get home after work, everything's already tracked and counted. I'm nerding out, man. This is great. This is the, (laughs) this is the closest to my routine that I've ever heard. Like you are the first guest on this podcast that is almost described to a T what my day very closely resembles. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited because like, it's very validating to hear that, but it's also a reminder that I need to get back into that. Cause I think for the last two or three weeks, I've really fallen off mm. hard, man. Happens. Uh, so th- once I'm done everything I'll eat, usually when I eat, I'll watch like a TV show right yeah. now. I'm super into game of Thrones. Yo, um, no spoilers, no spoilers. No spo- <laughs> <laughs> How behind are you? I, I'm going to marathon all seven episodes before the finale. Okay. But I'm I'm caught up. Like uh, this season, I'm I think I'm, the I'm last gonna go all in. Few episodes are gonna be like two hours long. So oh shit. Okay, so I'll I'll plan like a solid yeah, day then yeah. just to go through it. Um. So yeah, I'm really into that. Um. Right after I eat, I'll end up showering and going to bed. My showers end up taking longer than I would like. So two showers. Interesting. You start the day with a shower and then yeah, you end the day with the shower. Day, okay. I, just, I do a shower and then I end the day with. A What's shower the rationale too. behind the nighttime shower? I've never heard that before. I just like it. Just yeah, just a creature Honestly, habit. That's yeah. my wind down out of everything. Yeah. That's the, how I wind down. There's got to be some psychology about going into bed feeling clean. Like for me, I need to brush my teeth and do some mouthwash. Yeah. Otherwise, like if my mouth feels dirty by the end of the night, I don't get a good night's sleep. Mm, interesting. But yeah, it could just be even just a, a, a ritual that you need yeah. to go through with. Yeah. And well, honestly, it's just, it feels good. It feels like my escape from the world. Nobody can touch me while I'm in there. I can't respond to emails. That's not happening. Yeah. yeah. Well, you must know, right? Like this has been a theme that's come up in the podcast. Like if you want to make a change, it's really comes down to mindset again, as you mm-hmm. mentioned, reference the book, but what your calendar seems to be is a reflection of all of the things that are important to you. And by consistently doing these small actions, by taking these daily imperative steps, you're eventually going to see the results. So even if you're doing 30 minutes a day on your business, yeah, that is better than somebody doing just one hour or two three solid hours in a very like hurried way mm-hmm. once or twice a week like by you doing it half an hour every single day guarantees that by the end of the week you've done two four six yeah. six six no sorry wait three hours yeah you've worked on by the end of the week you've worked on your business for three hours guaranteed no matter what yeah um the reason that i've structured it this way is because i'm a big believer in taking baby steps so adherence is the key adherence okay so if you you're not gonna go from working out zero times a week to working out six times a week in a sustainable way it's just not gonna happen um somebody that i um look up to like an actor a celebrity that i look up to is terry cruz i think oh terry cruz yeah brooklyn 99 and um he's given the advice that if you want to start working out the first day, just go to the gym. Like, don't show up physically. Yeah. yeah. Touch the weights if you want to. Don't lift anything. Just go. Go inside. Create the habit of going into the gym. Then while you're there, maybe you'll lift some weights. Yeah. But you need to have these baby steps. So, like, for me, the when I started working out, it was the adherence to that three-day-a-week program that was super easy to follow that uh, allowed me to, to continue making progress. With the 30 minutes per day working on the business, it's the same thing. I found that I wasn't doing enough. I was tracking the amount of time. I use an app called Toggle. Oh, a T-O-G-G-L, yeah, yeah. So it's a time tracker, and I was looking at how much time I actually was spending on working. It was not nearly enough. I can't remember what the number was, but it was like, how do I ever expect to make any sort of progress if I'm not doing anything about it? So then I'm like, okay, let's start small. Let's do 30 minutes three times a week, and that's what I did, and and I was surpassing that. So I'm like, okay, let's 
take it a little bit further. Let's do 30 minutes five times a week. And I'm, that's the goal. Like, I have to hit that. That's like a bright line. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to hit that compelling high water. But really, on the weekends, I have plenty more time to actually catch up. Yeah, exactly. yeah. So. Very interesting, man. Let's talk a little bit about energy now, right? So, like, what you've described over here might be, and I imagine there's some listeners who are totally put off by it. But I would encourage you to think about, like, the structure that Daniel has built up as the inevitability if you want to get serious about your goals like if Mm -hmm. you want anything to happen if you want some serious change in your life to happen you have to commit you have to get obsessed with it you have to start building a system that will get you there Mm -hmm. let's talk about what it takes to fuel that system let's talk specifically about nutrition and if you can let's go into a little bit about supplementation so i imagine you eat very healthy or from time to time, do you throw in 12 slices of pizza? <laughs> well, definitely not 12 slices of pizza okay. just because I'll, I'll, I can't anymore. Yeah. It'll be like a truck hit you, man. You'll be knocked out for <laughs> two days, for sure. man. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, not like the su- I'm not trying to be super, super healthy, but I, I'm trying to incorporate enough foods. I'm more about don't take away the foods that you love. Make sure that you're adding enough of the good foods that are going to keep your body nourished. Got you. And I think that a lot of the problems come from people eating foods that are empty calories. They're... Uh, high in calories, low in nutritional value, oh, and it leaves their body still craving f- other foods because it's continuing to try to get the, that nutritional value from something. Uh, whereas for me, I start my day by eating something that has nutritional value. So mm-hmm. actually, I have a chicken Caesar salad as my first meal. But oh, the chicken shit. Caesar salad is accompanied with a bowl of vegetables Okay. Um, that was cooked with coconut oil and the chicken Caesar salad itself is made with the Caesar dressing isn't made from canola oil it's made from avocado oil so it's made out of these good things but I enjoy it that's my first meal of the day Um, my second meal is eggs it's funny that they're reversed it seems like I have lunch for breakfast and breakfast for lunch um, because eggs are super healthy too I'll have more vegetables when I get home. My last meal of the day usually is either a steak or a burger. Okay. Uh, grass-fed beef burger, grass-fed steak. With the buns? Uh, with the bun if Damn, it's a burger. Damn, yes. Yeah, okay, yeah. I would be so upset if you were just eating one of those, like, depressing burgers with just lettuce yeah. buns, man. But I will be soon. Because Dude, I don't do this to me, man. Team burger, bun. man. Come I'm, back. It's not something, that I, like, keto isn't something that I plan to stick to forever. Right. Um, but it is something that from time to, to time I want to try because I know that there are benefits to it. I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to keto as well, man. So we have this group, uh, a couple of my buddies were putting together a group called keto going in, like oh. keep going in. I don't know why that doesn't even make sense. Keto going in, <laughs> yeah. but, um, <laughs> we're, we're doing this. We've all committed to it. Just when? a bunch when of us, uh, May. Nice. That's so what very I'm soon, doing. dude, the month of May, we're going all in. I'm terrified, man, because I love my carbs, man. I love my empty carbs, man. The other day I went to Tim Hortons and I had, I've never done keto, but I know a bunch of people who have done it to great effect, man. And it just, it really shows that this has been the missing piece. Like my workouts have been consistent, but there's been no gains. There's been no losses. Mm. The only gains that have happened are just around my belly. I'm like, (laughs) what's going on over here? I can start to see it in my face. I don't feel good. Forget about like the aesthetics of it. I just don't feel good. Mm. And I think this is where I need to just suck it up and make the difficult changes that I know I need to make this whole time, which is my diet. So once you're keto adapted, excuse me, I've done keto a few times. And it takes about two weeks to to get into ketosis? It it depends on how you, if you do a three day fast, we'll get into it right away. Oh, wow. So um, I've I've done it through that. So I've done a three day fast and then transitioned straight into ketosis and continued. With wow, it. you hacked amazing. it, man! You just went right into it. Yeah, yeah, you feel unbelievable. You have, you wake up high energy. You have high energy until you go to bed. You don't even feel sleepy, but you go to bed and you sleep like a baby. It's amazing. Like I, I've never felt better than when I was on keto. But it's it's difficult to maintain keto because going out, you can't enjoy the foods right. that you're serving at restaurants. You got to be super careful with what you put in your of body. Of course, anything will just knock you out of keto. Mm-hmm. But once you're keto adapted. I still use intermittent fasting, so I don't eat for 16 hours a day. 
I eat for only between eight hours a day. And what are the, what's the time window that you only eat? So I stop eating around eight and I don't stop eat, start eating until around 12 p.m. Gotcha, okay. Um, on the weekends, I'll eat later and I'll start eating later as well. Um, so once you're keto adapted, you can incorporate things like sweet potatoes into your diet and you can monitor. I really want to get a glucose monitor. Like mm. I want to see how foods affect me, but from just gauging by feeling, when I have sweet potatoes, I feel amazing, satisfied, but not bloated. It's like yeah. those things just work well with me. Uh, so I don't think you need to continue keto forever, but you start to, once you're keto adapted, you can start to incorporate those carbs and see that they won't have such a big effect on your glucose levels. So your energy levels will still maintain uh, very well. I love this, man. And my last question over here is like, what is the guiding question that you ask yourself every single day when you think about attention, right? So I love the way you've structured your time. I love the way that you've thought about fueling this with mm. the right kind of energy. But what is that guiding question that's bringing this all together? And do you ask that question of yourself every single day? Just one, probably not. Like I ask myself, how can I be improving? Like, what can I do better? Like, Along what verticals? Like personally, professionally, yeah, everything. everything. So like sleep is something that right now I'm struggling with. Not getting enough sleep. I get enough sleep. I go to bed early. Yeah. My alarm's at 6.30. Like there's plenty of time to rest in between there. Um, and I get enough deep sleep. So this ring that I'm wearing, is called an Aura ring. Shout out to Aura. I heard about Aura. that. That's um, a O-U-R-A? O-U-R-A, right. yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, and I got this because I Looks wanted to see. Looks great too, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wanted to see how my sleep was because I knew I was getting enough sleep, but I was still waking up not feeling rested and mm -hmm. I didn't know what was going on. Um, foggy was how I was feeling. That's the only way that I can explain yeah. it. Just clouded vision. Yeah. Just a haze over you like, almost. Like a computer that has a virus in it. Like it's, the thoughts are just slower. Yeah. Which is I hear annoying. That. Every time I go to the gym, it, it takes me out of that. Right. Which is right. why I love going to the gym so much. Uh, and I found that I was getting enough deep sleep, but I wasn't getting enough REM sleep. So you're supposed to be getting around an hour and a half of REM sleep mm -hmm. between an hour and a half and two, I believe. Um, I was getting under an hour, like 45 to an hour consistently every single night. And I didn't understand why, but my deep sleep, this gets a little bit scientific. Um, your body will prioritize deep sleep before it prioritize REM sleep. REM sleep is where you, when you dream. I always thought they were the same thing. That's super interesting. No, to me, yeah. so deep sleep is more to replenish your body. REM sleep consolidates memories, so it's more for your mind. Yeah, and it's when you dream. So we because deep sleep is prioritized first. REM sleep happens closer to the morning. That's why when you wake up, you usually wake uh, remember your dreams. Yeah. Also, REM sleep is. <sighs> I don't remember exactly the way this works, but your body will start testing things out. That's why men will wake up with uh, an erection in the morning. <laughs> so if you don't wake up... <laughs> I felt like you were going to go there. I was like, boom, here we go. <laughs> if you don't wake up with one, it's not uh, necessarily a problem. It might just be that you didn't wake up out of REM sleep. So yeah. like, don't worry about it too much. <laughs> um, if you, oh, man. <laughs> anyway. I love it. <laughs> we'll move on from that. Um, so yeah, so that's something that I've been trying to figure out. So... Coming back to all those apps and the question that you asked, um, I asked myself, how can I improve my sleep? One of the things I'm trying to see is how my food is affecting my sleep. And one of the things that I found was that I was eating too many carbs. So I was going on a bulk. You have to eat enough carbs when you're on a bulk. I was trying not to eat too many carbs in the morning because I knew it would make me feel sluggish throughout the day. Mm -hmm. So when you start eating too many carbs before bed, it fucks with your sleep as well. Right. Yeah. Dude, this has been, wow, I've been I've been thoroughly impressed with just the intentionality behind what it is that you do. And I think that you've laid out a really solid blueprint. I'm excited to eventually embark on the process of taking all of the answers that have come throughout this entire podcast from everyone and putting together like just the ideal way or the 
ideal ways in which a person can structure their time, their energy, their attention. So thank you so much for really just gifting us with just some really actionable insights, man. I'm, I'm super fired up by this. Speaking of fired up, this brings us to the last segment of the podcast. I've been having so much fun here with you, man. This is the rapid fire round. Nice. I've only got 10 questions for you, unfortunately. Okay. I wish I had many more, but we'll have you on the podcast again. There's no doubt about that. Let's go into these 10 questions. And now the trick here is that you have to say the first thing that comes to mind, even if you're not happy with the answer. All right. Ready to rock this? Ready. All right. This is 10 questions, a rapid fire round with Daniel Breeze. Number one, what is your favorite podcast to listen to regularly? Impact Theory. Impact Theory. Good answer. Number two, who's the best guitarist of all time? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, John Mayer, I'd say. John Mayer. Ooh, okay. Number three, what is a game-changing book that everyone should read? Mindset. I feel like we got that answer. Number four, what is your biggest pet peeve as an accounting professional? When things are inefficient. When things are inefficient. Number five, what's an app that you can't live without? Uh Aha, got you. Just one? (laughs) Just one, because you named a bunch of them. Let's see. Yeah, I know. Oh, my God. There's so many. Um, Coach. Coach. Coach on me. Number six, what's the most fun song to cover? You Need Me, I Don't Need You. Damn. Number seven, what's the most interesting thing you have in your pockets right now? My wallet. Your wallet. Okay. Yes, please. Yeah. yeah. If you don't have a Ridge wallet, man. Oh, damn. Okay. So this what is this? Got RFID protection, but it's a very modern type wallet. It's very slim card. profile too. Yeah. So normally I have my Presto card. And was like. it a side squeeze that unlocked everything? There's a thing at the back. Oh, shit. So whenever I get on the subway, I don't have to actually scramble for it. I had a problem. I kept losing my Presto card and my driver's license with my old wallet. So anyway, you take this out. It should be on this side. I like that a lot, man. Yeah, Way to go. And so you have your credit card on one yeah. side. You've got... And it's got so much room for cards and then a little bit of room for cash too. I got to figure out a better wallet solution. I used to be one of those guys that had my wallet and phone stuck together. Um, But then I just like the slim profile of the phone, especially as pants started getting tighter. I'm like, this is kind of getting weirder, man. Like this has got this big bulge in my pocket. I'm not excited to see Mm -hmm. you, man. Um, All right. Let's talk about after because I want to see what I want to explore that that wallet a bit more. Number eight, who is a mentor that changed your life? Oh, depends how you define mentor. Um, if we talk about somebody who has to be in person, then I would say my stepdad. But um, if somebody that you've never even interacted yeah, with. Tom Billu. Tom Billu. Yeah. So interesting, man. One, one day, dream guest of the podcast, oh, Tom yeah. Billu. Yeah. Uh, number nine, why is it great to be Daniel Breeze? Because you're always improving. I love that. I was hoping that would be the answer. And lastly, man, this has been great. You've been giving us so many great pieces of advice, but what's the best piece of advice that you personally have ever received? Um, I know what it is. I'm just trying to remember how to structure that sentence. Do not tie your self-esteem around being good at something. Tie your self-esteem around being willing to get better at something. Boom. Mic drop right there. Way to go. Daniel, you answered the shit out of those questions, man. Very proud of you. Very impressed. What's next for the business? What's next for Daniel Breeze? So next, I'm trying to get all my um, uh, skills up so that I can service the current full-time job better. Once I do that, I'm going to approach them with the idea of taking them on as a client, uh, reducing the amount that they need to pay and reducing the number of hours that I need to be there. Then move on to the next company that I can also help implement all those systems that will save them money and give them uh, meaningful information much faster to make better business decisions and slowly to build up my portfolio in that way. 
and at the same time, I want to learn all the marketing and sales skills that I need to to be able to sell myself. We're recording this podcast right at the precipice of yeah, the spring. 100%. We're transitioning to the summer. What are you most excited about for the summer summer months? I'm um, going on vacation with my girlfriend for her birthday in July. Nice. I'm going to be going to California. I've always kind of seen myself as um, either moving somewhere that's warmer or at least having the ability to move for this for the cold winter months because I'm not a fan. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to be excited to see where we, what we can explore, where we might want to way to so. go, dude. And where can picture, Oh, sorry, I was gonna say where can pictures, where can people listening to the podcast and watching this online, follow your adventures online? Yeah. Uh, at Daniel breeze breeze without the E at the end yeah. on Instagram. I post uh, some content there and then measured growth CPA.com is my accounting practice for anybody that wants to see that side of things. Awesome. Well, listeners of the podcast and viewers online, thank you so much for tuning in for another week of ideas into action. I learned a lot. I hope hope that you learned a lot as well. Uh, Do follow Daniel, follow all of his adventures online. And until he comes back on the podcast and until next week, we're out. Thank you. Thank Thank you, man. Thank you so much, man. This is an absolute pleasure.